Welcome back to the Fantasy Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali, Matt Marchese here with you as we break down another Waiver Wire podcast edition of the program. Of course, uh, week five in the NFL is in the books. Week six coming up here on Thursday. I, uh, I don't know about you, Matt. Did you have any players in the uh, Monday night game? I, uh, I, I was going up against Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, and I thought to myself... Uh, maybe there's a chance I could win. And then Pat, uh, Travis Kelsey caught four touchdowns. And I thought to myself, well, uh, so much for that. Well, I ha- I actually had Kelsey going in one league and uh, one of my dynasty leagues, my home league. And I needed 21 points, I think, or something okay. like that right. to win. And in that league, we get points for first downs, uh, PPR, like, so the touchdowns were obviously a help. And I ended up having like the second highest scoring week of the year among any team. <laughs> like that's how it turned out. Um, but I was also playing against Kelsey in our work league. Uh, fellow producer Mark Boffo had Kelsey and I Taysom Hilled him this week. And I actually <laughs> said that to him. I was like, how does it feel to get Taysom Hilled? And he's like, oh, you know, I, I won another matchup. I wasn't supposed to win. So I take the good with the bad. And then as the game is progressing, I'm like, there's a chance that I might lose this after saying that he got Taysom Hill. So uh, those were my two the Travis Kelsey experiences. One ended up being, they both ended up being positive, but uh, the one made me sweat a little bit more than I probably needed to. You know, it's funny. Like, I, so I'm in a couple leagues with some of our other, because we, we're in a 14-team league with our some of our, our colleagues who are not at the fan anymore and, you know, not across the network, but still we're friends with these guys since we're, we're in these leagues for a long time. And I'm in another league with some of our, some of the, some of like our newer employees, like Andy was in there. And I think Marino was in there. Vic is in that one as well. Cause he was the former op for the fantasy show and so on. Right. And I was playing Vic this week in that league and I was winning by quite a lot. And Vic had Travis Kelsey <laughs> And uh, and the funny thing is, uh, going into Monday night, he had Kelsey and I had Juju Smith-Schuster. And I was up by so much, I did end up winning. But actually, Juju's points ended up being the difference. In a half PPR league, Juju scored 4.8 points. And I won by two points in the end because of what <laughs> Travis Kelsey did. Vic was, let me put it this way, Vic was not very happy, Matt. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and it's not, and Juju didn't do much. No, he just literally he did enough. He just did enough. <laughs> Uh, those are the, like, those are the kinds of greasy wins you live for when you play fantasy football and and you take them wherever you can get them, wherever you can get them. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, I look after, uh, after the blue Jays weekend, I, uh, I needed one of those kinds of greasy wins. So I'm, uh, I am 1000% uh, here for, I try not to rub it in Vic's face too much, but I mean, let's be real. I did. I did. I do it a little bit. Yes. I 1000% did. Um, okay. Let's get to the waiver wire stuff for this week. Of course, ahead of week six, which of course begins on Thursday night and Wednesday tomorrow is the day are for most leagues that process all the various uh, waiver wire. It was uh, some leagues process them in the middle of the night. Some leagues, like I, I'm in, some other ones process them around lunchtime. But either way, most waiver wire things get processed for the first time on Wednesday. So I think this one is probably the most obvious one. And I said to you before that we don't have to spend too too much time on it because I think anyone who plays fantasy football is probably going to spend, if not the rest of your available budget or the highest possible waiver priority on this guy. I'm not like this. This is the kind of situation you save your money for it, you save your priority for it. 
Kenneth Walker, of course, rookie running back for the Seattle Seahawks, looks like he is going to slide right in there and get the workload because Rashad Penny, who had an absolutely monster week four in week five, gets injured. I th- I'm not sure if it was a fractured fibula or tibia, but he looks like he is going to be out if not for the foreseeable future, at least for the rest of the fantasy season. And Rashad Penny, of course, has been injured uh, a lot over the course of his relatively short career. So, hey, I wish him the best. But for fantasy football, to replace him, Kenneth Walker, he is rostered in, I think, like 46-47% of Yahoo leagues, Matt. So chances are he is rostered in basically all competitive leagues. But if he's not and you see him out there, you should be going out there and, and I think blowing the rest of your budget on this guy. Yeah, that's that's priority number one if he's available. He handled, I believe, around 80% of the touches when Rashad Penny went down. This is the, the clear number one ad for me this week if he's available. And, you know, the other guy that we can keep an eye on just because I'm assuming that he's going to get a little bit of a workload is DJ Dallas, who's the backup there. Listen, this offense has been... It, it's been pretty good and I mean Geno Smith has been really good Tyler Lockett's been really good DK Metcalf has been really good but it's it's the role of Rashad Penny that Walker is taking over and that has been a fruitful one especially against the Detroit Lions so yeah Kenny Walker Kenneth Walker whichever you want to call him is my number one priority this week if he's available. So I think we're in good shape if Ken Walker is available. If not, there's some other guys that we can pick up, especially because this is the start of the bye weeks. This should be very interesting. I got to tell you, Matt, when when Walker was drafted by the Seahawks, because in college I thought to myself, man, this is one electric guy. Like This kid looks so smooth and fast and decisive out there. And I thought, oh, man, it's going to be great. Like any, Anywhere he goes, he's going to be an RB1. And then he went to Seattle. And I thought to myself, oh, man. Of course have, he did. Yeah, like <laughs> he couldn't have gone to a worse destination because he, like you know, like there was because Penny was there, because DJ Dallas was there, because it certainly didn't look like they ran the ball a whole lot. You know, it just I wasn't I wasn't thrilled with the destination for him. And hey, look, he's gonna he's gonna get the chance to carry the load here. So I am uh, I'm very looking forward, very much looking forward to seeing what Walker does for Seattle. And, and like you said, hey, real quick, I didn't have this guy in my list, but Geno Smith. We talked about Geno a couple times in these waiver wire pods, but last week I, I think we did for sure. Right? Yeah, and and I think he has been rostered. I want to say like in thirty something percent of Yahoo leagues. If you're in a league and you are because. If you've looked at the QB production across fantasy football this year, this year in particular, the difference between the top-end QBs, who are guys like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, uh, Jalen Hurts, certainly Patrick Mahomes, probably Kyler Murray to a lesser degree, because even when he struggles, he still puts up like maybe like 17, 18 points, which is which is okay. But even from the from those top four guys, the difference between them and basically everyone else ranked from like the six to 15 spots, like for you and I, for example, those the difference is so huge that having a Josh Allen in any given week, having a Patrick Mahomes, having a Lamar Jackson is basically as good as having another RB2 somewhere else, it would seem, right? So 
I think if you are struggling a QB production and Geno Smith is out there on the waiver wire, it's definitely worth going to pick it. Certainly if you're in a two QB league, he should be rostered in all two QB Superflex leagues. But if you, even if you're in a one QB league and you've been kind of struggling with your, your main guy, I don't th- I think you could do a lot worse than Geno Smith. Well, if you look at it, I mean, Matthew Stafford is twenty is QB twenty six. Just just how we we expected. Uh, Russell Wilson is QB fifteen, and he's been pretty bad. Like according to FantasyData.com, Geno Smith has scored almost twenty points more. Actually, he scored more than twenty points, uh, twenty three points more than Russell Wilson has. So when we look at, at the scenario on FantasyData.com, Kyler Murray's fifth. He scored. A one point more than Geno Smith, who's number six. Joe Burrow struggled. He's number seven. Justin Herbert's been pretty decent, but not great. He's number eight. Jared Goff's number nine. And Carson Wentz rounds out the top 10 with 93 points. And that's just a point and a half or a 1.2 points behind Jared Goff. So you're right. The production, it's not what we expected, certainly. It's but it's one of those things where for the time being, you can roll with these guys kind of until they start to struggle. And Geno Smith is definitely in that category, completing 75% of his passes, 1,305 yards, nine passing touchdowns, two interception. He also has the one rushing touchdown. And Geno Smith, for those keeping score out there, is has the 12th most passing yards through the first five weeks. It's just a situation that, the offense is humming right now. It's so weird to me that this offense didn't do this with Russell Wilson near the end of his tenure in Seattle. And maybe that's injury. Maybe that's just Russ's, maybe maybe Russ is washed. I don't know. Battling that shoulder injury now. So yeah, I would be taking a stab at Geno Smith for sure at this point in the game because clearly he's he's good. He's been really good. And, and we have enough of a sample size to say like, this is something that is now sustainable. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And and again, the the loss of Rashad Penny does mean I'm sure they're going to lean a li- they're still going to lean on Kenneth Walker like we've been talking about, but they might let him throw the ball a little more and like you said, he his presence has actually made Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf more than sustainable. Like they're guys you're starting probably every week now. Uh, maybe maybe matchup wise, maybe a bench one of them, but for the most part, I think you can start with those guys and mo- most pieces of the Seattle Seahawks offense um, on an on an every week basis. Uh, but yeah, just if, if Gino is out there, I think you can take a flyer on him. That's for sure. It probably won't cost you too too much either. Um, another guy who I think again is probably rostered in most competitive leagues but again I think it's worth taking a look on the wire just to see if he is there or not Jacoby Myers Patriots wide receiver Jacoby Myers who was rostered in I believe 49% of Yahoo leagues and he missed I think I think two weeks definitely one but he missed two two weeks, weeks I think Okay, cool. With uh, with the with the injury, and he came back in a huge way for Bailey. Uh, I'm now learning his name is Zappy, not Zap, but uh, Zap is more fun. Anyways, it's more fun to say Zap. But either way, Bailey Zappy coming in there and uh, throwing the ball to Jacoby Myers a ton of times. I'm sure it didn't help that Damian Harris went down with an injury, and it looks like Damian Harris is going to be out for at least a couple of weeks with that hamstring injury. So if you're a Ramondre Stevenson owner, or maybe even a Pierre Strong Jr. owner in Dynasty Leagues, you're probably interested to see what the rookie has. But Jacoby Myers still seems to be the guy in New England. And whether it's Mac Jones, well, Brian Hoyer's on the IR, but whether it's Jones or Zappi, I think Jacoby Myers is someone who you can put in there. His value, I think, probably, Matt, is more in half or full PPR leagues versus standard, but 
I mean, if he gets this much of a target share like he did last week, then I think you're gonna you're gonna feel pretty good about slotting him in, anyways. Yeah, and and like you said, we don't need to spend too much time, but you know, it was the Lions. Let's also not forget that. Like True that, that yeah. seven seven catches, 111 yards, and a touchdown is is a great line by anybody. But it is the Lions. Now, here's the thing for me with Jacoby Myers. He's got 27 targets in three games. He's turned it into 20 catches for 260 yards and a touchdown. That's the clear number one option in an offense that might need to throw now that you mentioned with Damian Harris out. The other thing that was very surprising for me, Jacoby Myers is wide receiver eight in points per game in PPR leagues. Eight at 17.6. He is sandwiched between Hollywood Brown and Mike Evans. Now, is three weeks enough of a sample size? Uh, maybe, but he's also averaging, if we look at his numbers, at 261 yards over three games, he's averaging over 80 yards per game receiving. So he's having a great season. He's also averaging almost seven catches. So if we put in, let's say he's averaging, because to do math right now is so good, let's say it's like 6.2 catches and then 85 yards and a third of a touchdown a week. I think that's pretty good. I think that's someone that you can slot into your lineup very comfortably as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Because if you drafted Jacoby Myers, the likelihood is is that if you don't have any significant injuries, that he's probably like your wide receiver five, and you're getting wide receiver two or three value out of him. If he's available, you got to go get him. But like you said, there's a very good chance that in competitive leagues that he's not. But even in standard leagues at this point, especially with the bye weeks coming up, you know, the this week, the Lions are on a bye. Um, the Texans are on a bye. The Raiders are on a bye. And the Titans are on a bye. There's some good receivers in that group. And then next week, it gets even tougher because the Bills, the Rams, the Vikings, and the Eagles are all on buys. So Jacoby Myers is going to fit very nicely into your lineup if he's available. Absolutely. And I think the nice thing about Myers is that he clearly, like, I mean, there was almost like a joke last year where he just didn't score touchdowns, oh, right? He, I like, know. There was, it was like that ridiculous amount of, like, certain amount of catches to begin your career without scoring a, a receiving touchdown, and then he finally did, and it was like his dad was in the crowd, and it's like, oh, is he going to score a touchdown this this game? Maybe not, maybe. But the nice thing is, is that even if he doesn't score touchdowns, and this is why I think his value is, is, is a little more inflated in the half-full PPR leagues, is simply that he still sees a lot of target shares, catches a lot of, like, media depth passes and it's still pretty relevant and if you catch the touchdown then like even bigger bonus for you like he did this week but I uh, just it's always a good thing to see that kind of production from guys who don't catch touchdowns and you can add it in sprinkle it in as a bit of a bonus but let's continue with the uh, waiver wire pickups um, I know you have a couple more I have a couple more as well um, Eno Benjamin rostered in just 12% of Yahoo leagues Cardinals running back certainly was worked into the game plan a lot more and uh, certainly because of the running back injuries there guys are banged up and if those guys are banged up I know Kyler Murray likes to run the ball himself there are a lot of designed runs there but if Eno Benjamin does get a chance to carry the rock a little bit more 12% in Yahoo leagues I mean that means he's available in a decent chunk of even competitive leagues you should be you should be going out there and at least stashing him on the off chance that let's say James Conner is injured and is out for any meaningful amounts of time. Yeah, he, he ended up finishing, like his his yards per carry wasn't great. He had the eight uh, carries for 25 yards, so just a shade over three yards per carry, but he had a touchdown and he added three catches for 28 yards. 
if both of those guys are out, Connor and Daryl Williams, like we had mentioned, and both of them were banged up in that game against the Eagles, then you're looking at a guy who is going to inherit, you know, some red zone work. He's clearly being used in the passing game with the three catches for 28 yards. I like it if those two guys are out. If those two guys are, if they're questionable, definitely stash them. If we find out that they're out, then he's going to be a plug and play as an RB2 or a flex at absolute worst. So I think Eno Benjamin is a solid, solid pickup. And, you know, it's an offense that at times can be very dynamic. I mean, we saw what happened at the end of that game. And thank you very much because that won me money. Um, appreciate that, Kyler Murray. But it's an offense that can get going. They were they were actually fairly successful against an Eagles defense that I think is really good. So Eno Benjamin is is definitely a solid add if those two running backs are banged up. I will say too, uh, just on not on waiver wire stuff, but just I'm I am very much looking forward to the Sunday night's game because it'll be between the four and one Dallas Cowboys and the five and zero Philadelphia Eagles. And elsewhere in that division, the Giants are four and one too. Like what what the heck is going on right now in the NFC yeah, East? Everybody wants to tell me, oh, the NFC East might be better than everybody thinks. I don't <laughs> think the Giants are actually that good. I think they have a good coach. I don't think they're actually that good. I don't think it's sustainable playing the way that they do. It's working so far, but the Cowboys is a different story because their defense right now is humming. I mean, they are all over the ball, turnovers, sacks, like Micah Parsons is playing at an elite level as we expected. I think they sacked Matthew Stafford five times, although that that Rams offensive line is, is just yeah, god-awful, yeah, yeah. but they've been doing it to seemingly everybody, and they're going to get Dak Prescott back. And no, there's not a QB controversy there. When Dak comes back, he's the guy. I, I'm really curious to see what happens because they've been running the ball a lot. That's where they've had some success with Pollard and Elliott. I wonder how much of that continues. But yeah, for now, the NFC East looks good. But talk to me at the end of the year when the Giants start to fall off. So you're saying that we should not rush to pick up uh, Cooper Rush off of waivers. There is no rush for the rush. There is no <laughs> rush. Uh, hey, I would kind of say that uh, Brian Dable looks exactly like our colleague Mike Gentili. Like yes. he looks, they they are clones. They are the same person. Like I've never seen Brian Dable and Gentili in the same room at the same time. I'll just say that, man. Yeah, no, I, that you're a hundred percent right. And they're both Canadian, so I mean, <laughs> that's ah, true. Yeah. You're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> I forgot about that. Actually, it's true. I uh, I've never seen Gentili dance, but I assume it is um it is exactly like what uh, what Dable does. Um, let's continue with our waiver wire pickups. Hey, we talk about the Cardinals and Rondell Moore in just nineteen percent of Yahoo leagues is he rostered? So okay, I've asked you this question before. DeAndre Hopkins is set to return. Not I don't think this week, but the following week. I think his suspension was four six weeks. Yes, we're going into six week uh, week six here. So uh, in week seven, uh, DeAndre Hopkins should, in theory, make his return for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm sure it'll be a help. Having said that, when, like, I guess it does mean for at least one more week, Rondale Moore is definitely valuable. But because DeAndre Hopkins is coming back, like, how much money should you, in, in, in truth, be spending on, let's say, Moore going forward if you know Hopkins is, is coming back to maybe steal some of those targets? You should probably, it's probably like a 10% of your remaining budget. Just if you have wide receiver issues, which a lot of people will coming up. The thing with Rondell Moore is he plays a specific role on that team. And if the running backs are hurt, they're going to incorporate Rondell Moore not only out of the slot, 
but I think out of the backfield as well. I think they're going to have to get creative with Rondell Moore. He's coming off of a seven-catch, 68-yard line against the Eagles defense, who we talked about was fairly tough. I think he's going to be a focus on this offense. If the running game struggles, they're going to throw the ball. And and like we've seen with a lot of teams, we've, we've talked about it with the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills have said it, using guys in the screen game as an extension of your run game. And I think that's where we might end up if both Connor and Daryl Williams are back, are, are, are out, sorry, because I think that's what Arizona's going to have to do. Their defense has not been able to stop very many teams. It, it's not a very good defense. And I think in order to stay in games, they're going to have to throw the ball. And let's not, and let's not forget, there's going to be an adjustment period here for DeAndre Hopkins coming back. Yeah. He wasn't hurt. I get that. But there's also a, a time period where you have to look at and say, okay, DeAndre Hopkins is 30 years old. Last year, he had trouble separating. His second half of the year, even though he did battle injury, was also, it was just not very good. Hollywood Brown has kind of been the focal point of this offense. I, I think that there is an opportunity here for Rondale Moore, more so in PPR and half PPR leagues, to really make an impact for you. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think if you're in a standard league, you may not want to... Like, there are probably other guys available in standard who might be better suited than Rondell Moore, especially with the return of DeAndre Hopkins. Like this guy. I mean, Alec Pierce, for example, with the Indianapolis Colts, he's rostered in just 9% of Yahoo leagues. I expect that to change as soon as tomorrow because of what happened back on Thursday night. He clearly... When I say he was clearly more targeted than Michael Pittman Jr., it's not, I think, because it means Pittman is falling by the wayside. I think they were really just covering Pittman that much more diligently, which definitely open things up for Alec Pierce but he is not like his his production as of late is not only because they're paying attention to other guys it's because he's very good right he's obviously he's a rookie there was some talk about Alec Pierce uh is, has had he supplanted Paris Campbell in the offseason with Matt Ryan and you didn't see the the kind of the the results of those the fruits of those labors kind of be turned in right away but last week or this past week I should say against uh, against the Denver Broncos on Thursday Night Football, it definitely seemed to be the case. I, I definitely, for example, in standard, if we're talking about comparing guys, I would probably rank Pierce above Moore just because he seems to just see a sheer amount of more targets, generally speaking. But I, uh, I, I do wonder... The other flip side of that is just the Colts just don't look very good. So how many pieces of that offense do you really want to own that are not named Pittman and Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, it's, it's tough sledding, but... The one thing, and like you mentioned, Alec Pierce, there was talk during the season about Alec, or in the, the offseason, of Alec Pierce supplanting Paris Campbell. And we were all like, ah, no, Paris Campbell, he's finally going to break out. Well, that that hasn't happened. He's had plenty of opportunities, and I think that, that ship has absolutely sailed. And when we look at Alec Pierce, he came off the concussion, and maybe we're like, ah, there's an adjustment period here for him. Well, there hasn't been. He had... The first game back from the concussion, he had three catches for 61 yards. The following two weeks, uh, the week after, he had four catches for 80 yards. And this past week, eight catches for 81 yards. This guy just gets open. And in that time frame, he has 20 targets in three weeks. So he's averaging just a shade under seven targets a game in an offense that, let's face it, it does feel like they're going to have to throw the ball to be successful, especially as long as Jonathan Taylor's out. Now, can you say that his numbers are a little bit inflated because Jonathan Taylor is out? Sure. But Jonathan Taylor is not going to be able to run the ball 25 times every week. 
they're just not it's just not gonna happen so i i really like alec pierce and i would agree with your statement um pierce over more for me and alec pierce also you know like rondale Moore has second round draft capital like people forget that that's yeah. super important when we talk about usage rondale Moore finally getting used but alec pierce didn't take long for him to adjust the second round pick out of cincinnati and we were waiting for him to take that leap forward because i really liked him coming out of college and he certainly turned the corner already and a guy that is he's going to help some teams with these bye weeks coming up i guarantee it matt uh, before we go i want to get to a couple more uh start sits here with you and i want to get to Taysom hill and you mentioned you Taysom hill to boffo in I our did. work league <laughs> and uh look i you i've said this to you a gazillion times that the week you don't start Taysom Hill is going to be the week that he goes off on your bench. And the week you do start him will be the week that Andy Dalton throws like four TDs to Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. So Chris Olave, I believe, has a concussion. And we'll have to see how he responds. There's a good chance he doesn't play this coming week. I believe they have said that Michael Thomas, they were, they were being cautious with him, so there's a good chance he does play this week. Having said that, I mean, Taysom Hill, 31% owned in Yahoo Leagues, has the TE designation, so you're kind of cheating a little bit because you can get a very unique kind of production out of Hill. What do you think? Like, Where do you fall on budgeting for Hill if you're putting a waiver wire claim in for him? So I'm going to go against everything that I've ever said about Taysom Hill, only because he won me a week, basically. <laughs> right. Um because of that tight end designation, I think you should spend like 30% of your capital on him. Because if something like, we don't know when, when Jameis Winston's coming back. And Andy Dalton has not, he's been okay, but there's also a chance that Andy Dalton gets hurt. And if you could start a quarterback, and we could say whatever we want about him being a quarterback or not, because he's certainly not a tight end. Right. Um, he's ranked at... at he, right now, in points per game, he is third among tight ends because he's not actually a tight end because he has one catch on the season for two yards. That's it. But somehow he's putting up the points. And yes, he was buoyed by this week's performance where he had three rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown, just like every tight end you would expect. But because of that designation i think that he is a priority like i hate to say this but as long as Jameis winston is out i think Taysom hill is startable but if 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 Jameis winston comes back he he's got to be staple to the bench right at this point i think he probably does so that, that adds a caveat to all of this i mean Taysom hill is getting <laughs> the rushing work is is weird because he has tw he only has 21 rushing attempts but he has 228 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns like these are unsustainable but it's that home run ability that he has in catching defenses off guard so i'm i can't believe that i'm having this conversation right now like my mind is about <laughs> to explode but Taysom hill is probably startable like if you have kyle pitts like i do and you're waiting for the breakout I'm probably starting Taysom Hill at this point, unless I see more out of Kyle Pitts. I'm probably starting Taysom Hill. Yeah, I think you. I, I if you're if you're in the, if you're in a situation like that, like essentially, if you have any tight end not named Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, and I'm including Darren Waller and the and the other guys pile right now because he's injured. I um I think I think you're probably you have to at least consider 
the idea of starting Taysom Hill. I mean, start, look, if you have, like, David Njoku, we've talked about him. He's been pretty consistent. Uh, you guys, other guys as well. But, I mean, even Gerald Everett, he had, like, what, less than a point this past week in a, in a, in a week that the, uh, the Chargers scored, I think, 30 points in real life, right? So I think, just generally speaking, you might want to take a look at Taysom Hill. Again, 31% owned means he's probably rostered in most competitive leagues, but he, there's also a good chance someone dropped him because of bye weeks coming up or because they needed the roster space or injuries or what have you. So if he's out there, I definitely think uh, you should absolutely be taking a look. Um, before we go, one last one. We don't talk about defenses a whole lot because also, like, you know, the defenses are largely streamable, but the Patriots' defense, we were talking about Jacoby Myers earlier and you were talking about the Cowboys' defense. Well, it comes to other defenses... Patriots are owned in 42% of leagues, so again, probably rostered in most competitive leagues, but the schedule looks like it has a pretty favorable one for New England coming up. They're playing the Browns, the Bears, the Jets, and the Colts, so New England as a group that has generated a number of takeaways in basically each of the last four games, it looks like against those teams in particular, like sure, they might give up points, don't get me wrong, you're not going to get like a double-digit score from them every single week because you can't guarantee that with DSTs, but Browns, Bears, Jets, Colts is the next four straight teams. I mean, they've they've looked pretty steady. I've got to say like the like Judon and Jack Jones has become a huge star after some an absolutely ludicrous interception against Jared Goff on the sidelines near the end zone last this past week. So I'm curious, like, when it comes to DSTs, because you can't be you can't guarantee production from them but still it's it's always helps to have that at the end of your team there what do you think like for a dst even if they are 40 something percent owned five to six dollars or less than that i i would go less than that just because like probably three or four but i mean right at that point we're just picking and choosing it doesn't really matter if, if the schedule like you said really lends itself to a nice little stretch here so again if we look at the teams that are are on a bye week you know we mentioned the team like the bills are going to be on a bye next week and and um the rams even though their offense is struggling the defense is still pretty decent the titans have been mediocre like there's some there's some good spots here for the patriots and and they have this ability to not only turn the ball over but to turn turnovers into points with you know interception returns for touchdowns fumble returns for touchdowns whatever the case may be and jack jones not only known for his clothing line yes i know i get it um, also i don't i don't really know i only have a jacket that fits me their clothes don't fit me they're all too small um but he's been a revelation for them and you could say what you want about the offense in new england because it's it's been very hit or miss of course but their defense is one thing that really turns up basically every year. And if you can go out and get the Patriots defense with that with that upcoming, another team that's on a bye next week, the Eagles, will also be on a bye. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that if you want to spend a couple of bucks on, on the Patriots, I, I would be more than happy to do that. Yeah, I think I see them available in one of my many leagues. So I think I might go out and try and snag them because... They have been very, very consistent. Are they going to shut out teams every single week like they just did to the Lions? No, absolutely not. That was uh, that was one of the more stunning results. Not that they won, but that they won without the Lions scoring a single point. That was pretty impressive. Matt Patricia must have had uh, some 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 uh, real real excitement about preparing his uh, new his old but new team against his also old team in the Detroit Lions um but yeah I think I just think that's something to keep an eye on as well because DSTs are they're so 
like they're so finicky, right? They can be a little all over the place, but generally speaking, yeah, I think if they're available, I think you should go out there because like like Matt said, it's not going to cost you more than a couple of dollars. But that does it for our waiver wire pickups of the week. Uh, Matt, how, how excited are you to watch Commanders at Bears on Thursday night? Oh my God, like I have family coming over. Like I'm a, I'm a degenerate, so I'm still going to watch it, but right. I'm probably betting the under. Like it's, it feels like a game that's just going to be an absolute nightmare. But I, I'm looking forward to actually getting to sit and watch Justin Fields. He was improved against the Vikings, and I actually think they're going to start to integrate him a little bit more. You know me. I'm one of the biggest Justin Fields stands out there. I, I'm really looking forward to watching him. And uh, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Carson Wentz just blows up again. Like we're expecting him to. Could happen against the Bears. It could happen, yeah. What do you, real quick, as a, as, a, as a kind of a quick start sit, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert were neither of them were very good this past week, just generally speaking. But Justin Fields definitely looked a little bit better, like you said. I know, like you said, you're a Justin Fields uh, truther. But what do you think? Like against the Commanders, they're they're like a kind of they're not a terrible defense, but they're also not very good either. So you could you could probably start one if not both Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. Although I, I would think if David Montgomery shows to be an, even a little bit more healthy, you're probably going to be. Uh, Probably going to be starting him, I would think. Yeah, David Montgomery, his rushing was not good, as we know. Like, the 12 carries for 20 yards, he did have the rushing touchdown, which, which certainly helped him. But he was used in the passing game like we thought he would be. Four catches for 62 yards. And that's where I thought we would see maybe a little bit more Khalil Herbert, and we didn't. So I think it's safe to say that if David Montgomery is playing and it looks like he's going to be playing and it doesn't look like he's going to be limited by any stretch of the imagination, I think you start David Montgomery and you probably bench Khalil Herbert. Montgomery had 16 touches after the injury to Khalil Herbert's four. So, I mean, I think we're in a situation where this is a clear handcuff situation and nothing else. Yeah, you're probably right. And on the commander side of things, I mean, you're probably, you know, two QB leagues, you're, yeah, you're probably starting Carson Wentz. But it comes to the wide receivers, they were, they were dealing with a lot of injuries and uh, Scary Terry probably starting most weeks if you don't have any other options. And like Matt said, some bye weeks coming up, so you might have to start Scary Terry. Jahan Dotson had, had the injury. He is questionable, but I think he might play. I almost feel like they were being cautious with with him this past week so they could start him going forward. And of course, he's been electric so far this season. But Curtis Samuel, I still think of all the people on this offense, and you include the running backs as well, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Brian Robinson, basically there are many fantasy-relevant players on Washington. I think the most fantasy-relevant guy for now continues to be, especially in half or full PPR leagues, continues to be uh, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, Curtis Samuel has been really good. And he was, I think he led the team in yards again. Terry McLaurin, like, it's a tough matchup against the Bears for any secondary receivers. So, I mean, it seems like Curtis Samuel is going to be the guy there, at least for the time being. Dotson, I'm really curious about. I don't think he practiced today. So, I wonder if they're, they might just hold him out again just because of the short week and then kind of figure it out the following week. And, I mean,. The other thing to keep an eye on there is Antonio Gibson's usage. Brian, Brian Robinson got more carries, and J.D. McKissick led the team in touches and snaps. I don't want any part of that backfield right now unless it's J.D. McKissick, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right too, especially in especially in the half or full PPR leagues. But yeah, like I mean, it, like like you said, it's really just cool, generally speaking, to see Brian Robinson make his return. But yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be starting very many of them. I, you know what's crazy? I don't know if you saw this. There was a quote from Ron Rivera saying something like Antonio Gibson's going to be used as maybe in the return game. 
And I thought to myself, like, oh, God, like, that's just, that sounds miserable. Like, for a fantasy purpose, like, we're, we're not that remo- far removed from Rivera saying Antonio Gibson's, like, the next Christian McCaffrey. And here he is just, like, seeding touches to a whole bunch of guys, and they're going to use him in the return game? I just, that's, like, a, that's, that's a clear stay away for me for, me for now. Yeah, that was pathetic. That they that, that is the quickest turnaround from being the greatest running back in the league to a kick returner. Yeah, oh. and I I would I think he's great in the passing game. I would love to see him used there because he was used like that in college at Memphis. But I don't trust I don't trust Washington to do anything right. To be honest with you, look at their name. That speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah the the move a team in Madden to a new city name. That's like the auto generated name you get. Yeah, the Commanders. But yeah, hey, uh, enjoy the time with the family, Matt, on Thursday, and hopefully you uh, do get kind of. I guess hopefully get a time to watch Commanders at Bears. But uh, if otherwise, I will talk to you on uh, Sunday morning, eight to ten a.m. Eastern. Sounds good, buddy. Uh, enjoy that real slugfest between Washington and Chicago yourself. That is Matt Marchese. I'm Show Ali. We'll talk to you again on Sunday morning, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Again, you can always shoot us your texts at 590-590, the people's text line every Sunday morning. And again, we I always say this, but if we don't get to your texts on the air, we will reply to all of them in person as well. Well, not in person, but we'll reply to all of them via the text line before the 1 p.m. kickoffs go on Sundays. But we'll chat to you on Sunday. You've been listening to The Fantasy Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.